Welcome to the Love Fly podcast. It's Paul Tizard, Fear of Flying Coach, and welcome today to Sophie Bechelet from Special Assistance at Virgin Atlantic. Welcome. Pleasure, Sophie. So you were very keen to come and do a talk on this podcast, talk a little bit about what special assistants do at Virgin, but also we thought we could touch on what other special assistance departments do in other airlines as well. Well, as much as we know anyway. So before we get into that, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much, Paul. So I have the absolute pleasure and honour of managing our special assistance team at Virgin Atlantic. I've worked at Virgin for eight years this year, which has just completely flown by and have to have a bit of a pinch me moment now and again, because I just am very humbled uh, by my job and by the wonderful and amazing people I get to work with, a few of whom have been on your podcast before, Linda and Geraldine. As part of kind of my role, really, I help along with my team to enable customers to travel for a variety of different reasons be it somebody traveling with allergies somebody needing medical clearance to fly so if they may have needed um, medical treatment recently along with any customers who have a fear of flying and letting our cabin crew know and our ground staff to try and make sure that everybody travels safely and travels well over the past couple of years my role has changed slightly as well and um, so I now have the pleasure of also looking after our Virgin Holiday Special Assistance team and we help to arrange different facilities for customers when they're actually on their holiday as well so things like roll-in showers um, and accessible rooms so it's really interesting to see the whole part of the journey whilst making sure that everything is always underpinned by safety and obviously having the pleasure of speaking to our customers as well so it absolute dream job yeah, love it. Love to be able to have the opportunity to speak to you. Brilliant. There's so much I want to ask you, but perhaps you could tell us, is the service that you offer at Virgin uh, similar to other airlines? Yeah, so each airline is really different in the sense that kind of their structures are set out differently. I've had the pleasure of working with other airlines as well in the past. Always really interesting to see how people do it differently and also where there's a lot of similarities. We're all very much similar in the sense that everything we under, we do is really much underpinned by the kind of IATA guidance for travel, which we work off of for our medical guidelines to make sure somebody's fit and well, um, especially with Virgin. When we're traveling, all of our flights along the hall and the vast majority are oceanic. So we always want to make sure our customers are fit and healthy to travel, which is probably the biggest thing that we all have in common. I guess the differences are of different approaches and especially I think following the pandemic everybody's ways of working have changed so much as well. And for Virgin we've had lots of customers who have had new conditions but diagnosed during the pandemic or need a bit more reassurance or assistance when they're traveling now. So I think for us it's a really different change in mindset. A lot of our contact now comes through our web forms through our website 
and we then will call out to our customers and talk to them directly and it's purely due to the sheer amount and I think that's one really big similarity that we've got across all the airlines at the moment whilst our approach is really different we have so many more customers needing that reassurance and making sure they're fit to fly which is fundamentally what we're here for and I think after the pandemic and and in my team specifically was really heavily furloughed because we weren't flying it is such a great kind of moment to now be back to being so busy and helping so many customers to fly again which is just a delight in itself. <laughs> Cracking stuff yeah. Do you think the level of anxiety has gone up since the pandemic? Definitely I think it for me I never have had a fear of flying. I've been flying all of my life and I've had the great kind of ability to be able to thank you very much to my parents (laughs) but I think even for me I've because I've never had that fear when I flew again following like two years nearly of not flying at all my first flight was back to Las Vegas with my now husband and I had such a big fear of traveling how busy is the airport going to be do I have everything that I need prepared to make sure that my journey is smooth and simple. And even working for an airline, we still have these fears. So it's completely human. And I think where a lot of people just in general haven't done certain things for such a long time, it does almost build up this level of anxiety. So I do feel like even if it's a fear of flying or just localized kind of general anxiety, there is definitely still an element of that around with more and more people returning to travel, especially, that kind of fear is still there and you will read certain things or hear certain things from I mean we've just had our summer peaks so when we know that the airports have been really busy because everybody wants to go on their holidays and there are days like that and it's just knowing that anything could potentially happen on that day in terms of there could be really busy lines but it's never for really a bad reason it's just because everybody like you is wanting to go away. Absolutely I can't wait um, I was just thinking, you know, if someone was to phone Virgin, because that's obviously the area that you're specialised in, and they were to come through to special assistance, what sort of things might they ask for and what could they expect or are likely to get? No, perfect question. I think, again, this is something that with Virgin and with any other airline, it's always best to speak to the airline directly because everybody operates so differently and has a different way of communicating. So with Virgin, if somebody was to call through to my team, we would kind of talk them through the journey. And it's really kind of different depending as to each customer. I personally like to know from start to finish how something is going to work. So I will always try to kind of talk through that journey. And also for me as an advisor, it helps to make sure that I don't miss anything from that step by step, because there's a lot of things to cover. So I think from simple things I guess from the beginning so with initially the customer's consent we can always so write to the crew to let them know and our ground staff that somebody on board has a fear of flying and we can also do that for customers with medical conditions as well and I think with our cabin crew and this is I can only speak on behalf of Virgin (laughs) our crew are fantastic and I am somewhat biased of course (laughs) but we communicate with our crew and we can let them know in advance of somebody who's traveling so they can have that kind of forethought and 
they're quite sneaky in a way because they will sometimes come up and let you know that they're there and they'll assist you but sometimes they'll also hold back and it's very much dependent as to your kind of I guess body language on board if you're you appear to be okay and you're in control of the situation they won't come over and add to that but if they can see that you may need some additional support or reassurance they'll come over and offer that assistance so it's really helpful in that way but it's also nice to know that they know that they're there if you need them which I think is the biggest thing but there's also other bits along the way that we would suggest for customers to do to make sure that they're fully prepared for that journey so from kind of pre-booking at the time of booking contact special assistance even if it's 11 months in advance because then we've got you on our radar we can start doing all of the prep work and also help to make some recommendations even that far in advance because as you've I know I've mentioned in your podcast before it's never sometimes a quick fix it's a big process and you have to prepare yourself that can start right from the booking stage and my team we're not medically trained we're not as specific as yourself in the area that you work in Paul so we will also advise customers to reach out for their own support because as much as we can provide certain tips and traits and piece of advice to get customers through that journey it's also good for them to also have a look for themselves because you never know you might come across something like this podcast which can then really really help you so we'd start from that from the pre-booking journey and we can talk through your seats and if you do get or do look to book on a flight and it's really busy you're going to Orlando in the middle of the summer holidays everybody's booked their seats already we can talk you through what seats are available and also look to see what else we can do to see if it might mean we contact another couple of customers if they've sat for example in a window in an aisle seat and they've left the middle seat free we can kind of communicate with other customers on board your flight to try and get your seats together obviously it's an operation in terms of the airline itself so it's really dependent on the situation but we'll do as much as we can ahead of your flight to alleviate any anxieties or worries and seating on the big picture of things if we're going to go back to Orlando for a two-week holiday should be the least of your worries we can take that can take that and like care for it for you and then it's things in terms of kind of prepping yourself for the airport we know that delays can happen delays can happen for any any amount of reasons down to air traffic control or there's been a crash on the motorway and the cabin crew can't get to the airport in time for their checks it can be so many things that can delay that flight so instead of where some customers may think oh something's wrong with the plane actually if the cabin crew haven't arrived for their checks and their briefing then nobody's there to get them on board <laughs> so it's those types of situations that can crop up at any time which is where we just need to kind of chop and change our operation we'll always let our customers know if there's a delay so you're aware in the departures hall and actually if it's happened way before we'll send you texts so that you don't have to rush to the airport in time because if a delay's happened on the outbound leg of the journey and we know that your return flight is going to be delayed we'll let you know so that you don't have to check out of your hotel until a couple of hours later so you have more time in a normal kind of environment albeit it might be a hotel room or a hotel lobby (laughs) or hopefully a nice water park maybe you never know before you then get to the airport and kind of have that different experience in that airport terminal because as much as 
there is things to do. There's also not a lot if you've got a bit of a delay. So we'll try to help you where we can there. Down Keep going, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, glad it's helpful. And then when we kind of get down to the boarding gate for our flights, and again, this will really differ dependent as to the airline because everybody works very differently. But with Virgin on all of our flights, on all of our routes in all of our destinations, we will always ask customers, or should I say, we will always make it a boarding announcement, asking for any customers who need additional time boarding or special assistance to pre-board. It's quite a generic announcement, but in that announcement itself, it's inviting anybody that needs that extra time to get on board. Now, it's very dependent as to the person, if they want to board first or if they want to wait. But if you do feel that you want to board early to get familiar with your seat surroundings and kind of sit down, put all of your baggage away, get your phone out to then start kind of listening to the podcast or whatever it might be that helps you for that kind of initial stage, then do it. Nobody's going to question you. Nobody's going to second guess you and they'll just want to support you because ultimately, especially with Virgin, we want to make sure that every customer feels safe when they travel. So whatever mechanism that is that helps you, that's what we'll want to do. And similarly, if you'd prefer to be one of the last on board, you can wait in the boarding gate area so we know that you're there, ready for the flight. And we're not going to be making tenor announcements trying to find you in the terminal building. But we've got you there. And then as soon as we've made that last boarding call, you can then get on board. So it really works differently for each person. And I think one piece, especially that we find with customers when we're talking about the flight itself, because we've already told the crews that you're going to be there. And then you've got kind of the buildup of the airplane pushing back, taxiing to the runway and going down the runway itself. One of, I think, the, the scariest things for customers I speak to is that noise you get. When the aircraft is going down the runway, you have all of the bumps and then you take off. That, for a lot of people, is the scariest moment. And I think the best way that I try to compare it to is if you're familiar with the M25, <laughs> you're going northbound towards Heathrow, and I think it's around Junction 11, where you have that bobbly bit on the road, where for me, it always feels like I've got a flat tyre. <laughs> and I know that bit of road so well at the back of my hand, but every single time I go down there, I think, oh no, I've got a flat tyre on the M25, what am I going to do? <laughs> it's that for me, it's that logical thinking of the captain is going down the runway. He's hitting those cat's eyes because that's his guide to make sure he's going straight. Some captains are very different. You may find one captain likes to go just to the left or just to the right of the cat's eyes because they don't want to have that bobbly effect. But if you do have that, that's no problem at all. And the other thing I guess to consider as well is with nighttime departures. Customers sometimes find it quite difficult or quite strange to be taking off at night. I think it's one of those rare, beautiful moments that you get to look out of the window and you see the night sky, which usually, providing it's a nice day, <laughs> is really dark. You can see loads of stars, but I personally like looking down at all of the houses, seeing all of the lights on and all the street lights. And you will be the only one that sees that view because the next flight that takes off, somebody in their house is going to turn off their light in their bedroom so they won't see it. 
And it's just such a magical thing for such some, something so simple is so nice to focus on for those few moments. And before you know it, you're at cruising altitude, the seatbelt signs off and you're fine. That's great. I've never thought about it like that. Each time you fly over, something's changed. Someone's turned the light off or turned it on. Amazing. Yeah, very cool. So generally speaking then, what, what do people want when they come through in terms of fear of flying? I think, to be honest, with us, it's mainly that reassurance that everything's going to be okay and that to find out kind of what we can do. And to be honest, whilst there's those little bits that we can do, the reassurance by all stretches and all means we can do and we can let our cabin crew know but because it's such an individualized thing it's really up to each person as to what they want to do so we can provide the guidance that we would suggest and kind of the bits that I've talked through is exactly how I talk through with with a customer because it's that real life this is what can happen but it's I think So for our customers, we can let our cabin crew know that you're traveling and we can write to them ahead of time so that they're aware that you're on board and they can provide that reassurance. We can arrange for pre-boarding for the flight. So if you'd like to board last, we can do that as well. We also have our hidden disability badges, which we have our check-in desks. And also we've got a printable version on our website. And that in itself is just a really discreet symbol which can be used for all manners of conditions it's not just a hidden disability it can include fear of flying and it's a discreet identifier to anybody that's wearing a virgin antique uniform that they need some additional assistance and our ground staff and our cabin crew are just trained to ask how can they help so even if you can't kind of stumble out the words they they're already kind of one step ahead so they'll be able to assist and help wherever they can to try and make that as seamless for you as possible and for us it's it's being able to provide that bit of realism really and where we can assist and where we can't and we'll always be very truthful because we wouldn't want you to travel if you didn't feel comfortable to and I think with flying it's and especially a fear of flying it's a marathon it's not a sprint (laughs) or it's a marathon rather it you do it in stages you wouldn't wake up one day if you've never run before and decide to run a marathon I think it'd be quite difficult and probably quite painful but if you build up that stamina and do kind of the short flights or the short runs then you can then kind of build it up to doing a big flight and it really depends to each person's I guess kind of level of fear of flying and what they've done in advance of that trip but we probably wouldn't suggest that your very first flight if you've got if you're absolutely petrified of flying was a long haul one because it's a really untested environment and you probably wouldn't enjoy it and it's the best thing about air travel is the enjoyment factor it's so exciting to travel you're jetting off to all of these fantastic places, especially this day and age where it's easily accessible to travel. And planes, as awful as it is sounds, but planes are like buses. They are so frequent and it is such a safe method of transport that we genuinely want everyone to travel. And this is across the industry. 
because it's so fascinating and so wonderful to see all of these new places and our cabin crew on board will echo this as well because they travel so frequently for their job along with our captains and our flight officers etc because it is such a wonderful way to travel so whilst there's certain bits that we certainly can help with and even if it's just that reassurance or kind of confirmation that everything is going to be safe we can do all of that for you and if there is anything bespoke that you need then we can do that as well and we can talk through it but ultimately we're there to try and do as much as we can to make that experience more enjoyable for you and more reassuring as well that's really reassuring sophie and uh I'm just wondering what the the split is you know, that your team take. What's the ratio or the percentage of what you would call hidden disabilities? You know, and yes, it's quite um, an interesting split, really. So, to give you, I guess, kind of a comparison as well. So, pre-pandemic, we probably only had about ten percent of our contacts being customers with fear of flying or anxiety about traveling. And then it was roughly kind of a 50-40 split with 50% being customers who needed um, assistance when traveling from a medical perspective or needed medical clearance to fly. And then about 40% of that being hidden disabilities. At the moment, obviously now that we've kind of I say gone past the stage of mass compliance on board, which was a interesting one in itself, dependent as to the destination we were traveling to. But at the moment, I'd say it's probably about 25% of customers contacting us for anxiety alone. But to be honest, with it's it's a really significant amount of customers at the moment. And it is really varied as to the reasons behind it. There is definitely an element of the fear of flying, but also, again, where people haven't travelled in such a long time, and it might be their first flight since travelling, it can be really a really daunting prospect. And like I mentioned, it for me, it was that whole journey experience was just very daunting. I work for the airline. <laughs> I know what happens. I'm kind of I'm in the know, but that journey itself is very daunting. But to be honest, across the board of all of our customers. I'd probably say about 80% of our customers in total, regardless as to what they're contacting us for, have some degree of anxiety about traveling at the moment. And I think it's lots of kind of human factors in this as well, because could be traveling for the first time since they've been since COVID or since they've been diagnosed with a medical condition and they've suddenly have other things to think about or take into consideration. I think where it's been such kind of an overwhelming amount of customer contact as well for customers needing assistance. Every airline has definitely felt the volume of customers coming through to us. So as much as we were prepared to come back and be ready and assist everyone, as soon as, or as far as I can say for Virgin, as for us, as soon as the US opened its borders, we had a huge influx of customers contacting us and that's kind of put us into a bit of a delay in reaching our customers which we're actively working to try and get through every single day 
and getting re more reinforcements all the time. But it's purely just that level of contact, which we weren't expecting it to be that significant. And I think, again, because most of that had been driven from anxiety, where we had only seen, like I say, circa 10% pre-COVID levels, where we'd had such a significant increase in that, that was something that we weren't expecting. And I don't think we knew exactly what to expect. We were hoping it was going to be something similar to what we had in terms of an operation pre-COVID, but everything's really changed and evolved. And I think that would probably be my biggest thing is that if you are contacting an airline about travel, especially still at the moment, because of we've just had a very busy summer season coming up to Halloween. I can't believe I'm already saying that, but there we are. <laughs> um, and then Christmas, it's still a very busy time for everyone. So if you are reaching out and they are taking a while to respond, don't let that worry you. It's not because they don't want to speak to you. It's purely just with the levels of volume and contact that they're all getting. And with every airline, we're all looking to serve customers who are traveling tomorrow or the following day to make sure that their concerns are all addressed. So as soon as we are able to speak to you, we will. It's not because we don't want to or we're not trying by any means. It's just we're trying to make sure we've got everybody's minds at rest. And I guess the flip side of that is that knowing that you may be reaching out to an airline for help and for assistance, you're not alone. There's also all of those other customers that are needing that same reassurance. And actually, I think the stat you've quoted before is one in five in the US have a fear of flying. If you think of that on terms of onboard a flight, most of our flights take about 280 customers. There's a significant proportion of customers on board that flight that will have a, a similar fear of flying and a similar level of anxiety about traveling. It may not be the same level as what you may be feeling, but there is going to be someone else around that can really understand as well. Well, you're certainly very well briefed on this, and I think this is really heartening. And uh, as the ex English expression goes, you know your onions and you know what people like. So I think it's brilliant that people like you and your colleagues are there to help. And I guess I'm curious about the bit, again, the fear of flying being under hidden disabilities and whether you could perhaps elaborate a bit on that. Hidden disabilities, it encompasses so many different things. So it could be anything from kind of sensory conditions to things like autism and it could also include somebody who may have diabetes to somebody who has a hearing impairment all of those things you wouldn't necessarily be able to see visually and the same with fear of flying is that you could be absolutely fine and if somebody were to look at you and you were well in yourself and you were in control of the situation nobody would know and that's what kind of we view it as because hidden disabilities can be so varied and so wide in that space that it's something that we've kind of classed under that bracket and it is we haven't got kind of a defined list but it's something that we would put it under so with our hidden disability badges these were inspired by Geraldine Lundy, MBE, back in the day when she was in the Virgin Operations and is now a travel consultant, which is absolutely amazing. 
or should I say accessibility travel consultant, must get that right. <laughs> and the work that Geraldine did really helped to kind of, I guess, pave the way in how we view customers with hidden disabilities. We have a lot of customers who are loyal customers with us and travel really frequently in terms of kind of two or three times a month who have a fear of flying or who have a different hidden disability. And they may have to travel for work or to see family for lots of different reasons. Some of them lucky enough just to travel because they want to travel, which is the ultimate goal in my mind. Yeah, and <laughs> definitely. And so with the hidden disability badge, it's, it's a really great kind of program in the sense that you can pick up one of the badges from our airports, or you can print off the hidden disability symbol from our website on virginatlantic.com and you can carry that with you and it's a really discreet kind of identifier so like I've mentioned if you show it to a member of cabin crew or ground staff they are then able to assist you and ask if you need help because if you imagine kind of walking through a supermarket really busy supermarket and everybody looks okay and well put together you wouldn't know that anybody needed help but if somebody was for example dyslexic or couldn't read they might not know what the expiration date was on kind of some milk and without asking somebody for help even in a discreet manner they may pick up something that's going bad tomorrow so it's the same kind of similar mentality that if you're okay and you don't need anything then you don't need to be telling us in terms of the special assistance team before you fly. If you've got that all managed and you're comfortable with your journey, if you've done it before and you're very familiar with that, then you don't need to go through that prep work of letting special assistance know. But equally, if you feel that you need to let us know or you need that a little bit of reassurance or you've had a flight in the past or your last flight was where it was delayed and you really felt uncomfortable in that situation, we can step in to assist but with the hidden disability badge and symbol itself if you haven't contacted us beforehand you can still show that to a member of ground staff or cabin crew you don't need to be on their kind of radar in terms of their customer list to watch out for that day but they'll still be able to step in and assist you so I think the beauty of it is that from a customer perspective if you're happy and you're comfortable with your journey you don't need to do lots of prep work to get there because you've already done that prep by work by preparing yourself independently for that trip and you know what's going to work and what hasn't because you've tried and tested it on yourself and you know but you've also got that reassurance that actually if something unexpected happens on the day if you turn up to the airport and suddenly the heavens open and it starts to rain and thunder and lightning and all of those lovely weather elements that as much as we wish we can control we can't and suddenly you get quite worried because you haven't flown in that sort of weather before you've then got that to refer to to then go up to a member of staff and discreetly ask for that help which I think is probably one of the biggest things we would say is fantastic about the program because anybody can ask for help at any time but if there is a genuine concern and worry that's where our teams are really really fantastic and will go out of their way to try and reassure you and make sure you're comfortable because ultimately if you're not comfortable going onto that flight we don't want to put you on it we're not going to force you to go on something that you don't want to do.
And it's okay to say that you don't want to do that and not to be worried about coming forward because actually we'd much prefer you to tell us before you even board that flight that this is just something we can't do today. For whatever it is, I can't do it. That's fine. And there's no shame of everyone saying that. I tell myself every Monday, I will start the gym today. I never do. <laughs> and I really should. <laughs> but actually, I have that fear of going into the gym, not knowing what I'm doing. But actually, I know that there are loads of people around I could just go and ask. And it's that same thing of if you ask, there's always help to those who give it. And we're always there to help and assist you. Well, I just love that badge idea. Uh, well done, Geraldine and Virgin. Awesome. And maybe we can get one sorted for you. I don't like going to the badge. I don't like going to the gym badge. I mean, <laughs> uh, maybe not. I don't know, it's just an idea. Uh, I just wondered, there's so much you, you do and there's so many good ideas and stuff that you've got. And you clearly, you know, like I say, you, you're very well briefed and you know your stuff. I just wondered if you had any sort of sort of final tips for anybody that might you'd be suffering for a fear of flying if were they to call you or or just tips in general I guess I think the best thing I could say is that flying does open up so many doors so many avenues be it for travel for work for experiences to see family to see loved ones and it's such an amazing opportunity to be able to fly and that's why I joined Virgin because I wanted to be able to assist people in lots of different ways in the roles I've had over the years to enable people to travel because it's such a luxury and something that is so achievable now, especially from flights from the UK, because you can go to so many different places, long and short haul. And everybody will know someone or will know of someone who has a fear. I know I've mentioned the gym, but my biggest fear is the fear of spiders. <laughs> and I have to overcome that fear, especially in the autumn and the winter, when lots of spiders come into my house. <laughs> so as much as your fear of flying may impact how frequently you travel or the preparation you do know that everybody somewhere has got a similar fear it may not transfer itself in the same fear as yourself but I currently in my living room and I can see a spider and as much as that spider is making me slightly concerned I know that I'm a lot bigger than it <laughs> and I can overcome that fear but it has taken me a while to overcome that fear. And flying, you wouldn't happen to do it or we wouldn't do it as airlines so frequently as we do if it wasn't safe. I live really close to, to Gatwick Airport and have a view of flights departing or landing depending as to the day and the weather. And we see so many departing and so many arriving without any problems. And if you look on Flight Radar, I know a lot of you do who listen to this podcast from the Facebook group, there are so many flights that take off and land with no problems. And I think with that as well, I know a lot of you view and track each other's flights, which is amazing because I love the community in this group. 
one thing I would say, which um, I haven't mentioned, is that flights have to divert sometimes. And that's completely normal. It won't tell you on flight radar the reason why. So if you're flying from London to Orlando and it suddenly diverts to Miami, it's nothing to worry about. The chances are is that it's something like weather, especially this time of year with hurricanes and poor weather. We often have to divert to different airports if it's not good in terms of visibility and if the captains don't think it's safe. And it's such a safe method of transport. And all of these decisions are taken really closely into effect. So especially for those of you who do watch flights and you see them divert or end up somewhere they're not supposed to, it's nothing to worry about. And it can also be something like if somebody is um, ill, if we need to divert somewhere because somebody's taken ill on board, it's because of that safety and that wellness of that customer. It's not something that we ever do lightly. And it's just something to bear in mind because if you do see it diverting and if your loved one was on a flight or your friend and you're seeing going to another airline or another airport, obviously you're going to be concerned. But instead of thinking it's something because something's happened on the plane, it's not. It, you, very frequently it's going to be because of weather, visibility. It might be just the airport is really busy because they just don't have enough um, staff, especially with like the air traffic control things that can sometimes happen, where they just don't have enough staff to get X amount of painting on time. It's all because of safety. So it's nothing to worry about. And the same thing with when you're on board a flight and you hear lots of different noises going on around you. So all of the sensory things that you would tune into a little bit higher because you're on a different environment. Things like the call bells where the cabin crew are communicating with one another, especially on larger planes, it happens a bit more. And they're also communicating with the captain in the cockpit, usually because he might want a cup of tea or she might want a glass of water, all completely normal requests. But the noise is just somewhat different to what you'd normally hear. And also you might hear the kind of beep, beep, beep noises coming from the galleys. And it's just telling the cabin crew that the meals are ready and that they've been cooked. So it's all of those different noises, which in an environment where you aren't feeling 100% comfortable anyway, those noises can heighten everything. And again, it's just putting the kind of, I guess, the realism in the situation. If you're at home and the doorbell went or the alarm that you put on for your dinner in the oven, or if you put something in the microwave, all those noises would not normally give you a fright unless they've gone off a lot quicker than you expected, which to me does happen often. <laughs> but in that environment, it can be really different. So it's nothing to ever fear or worry about. And also the cabin crew are there for your safety. But also if you are inquisitive and want to know what those noises were, they'll tell you. And they'll always be very honest because also ahead of the flight departing, as much as the captain and their crew in the flight deck have their pre-flight checks, the cabin crew are also checking as well. They're checking for any frosting on the wings of the plane. They're making sure that everything is all okay because nobody wants to take off a flight if it's not safe. So there's so many checks that you don't see before you even get on board that are done so discreetly that you wouldn't ever notice unless you're looking out for them or unless you're not even around for those checks. So it's nothing to ever worry about and nothing to fear about. And with flying, this it just opens up so many places. So 
I guess the one piece, I know this has been a few more pieces than one, but is to experience it in all of its glory, just step by step, because it can take you to so many places and you just have to build up that kind of level of comfort really and do whatever makes you feel comfortable on board if it is listening to music if it's listening to a podcast reading a book all of those things you can do during takeoff to help keep yourself kind of distracted and also to keep yourself busy during the flight all of those things are completely comfortable and normal and airlines genuinely want people to travel not because it brings money but because it brings us all so much joy to be able to provide that to customers. And that's why all of our staff want to do the jobs they're doing because they want to help people with any kind of level of their journey. And it's such a pleasure to do that and to show you all of these fantastic places around the world. So yeah, but we're always here to help. Sophie, honestly, that's just fabulous. And there's so many great tips there. I asked for a little bit of advice and you've covered fear of flying, but also you've been talking about a lot of other things which are really useful because people will have other challenges as well. And people that listen to this podcast and perhaps are in the Facebook group will be listening to, I don't know why I said it weird then, uh, will be listening and thinking what else is available. So that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So how do people contact you uh, so the virgin special assistance version no thank you again so much for having me i'm i'm glad it's been so helpful so each airline's really different with any airline that you're traveling with you can go onto their website and it will usually fall under the special assistance section and you can then reach out to them some airlines um, have their phone lines open some airlines are more email based it really is dependent but just know that with any airline that you contact, they can always offer you a call back. So even if you have to email in the first instance, they can call you back. But equally, if you prefer to converse by email because you'd like to actually reread through that advice, that's absolutely fine as well. So just let them know how best works for you. And with Virgin Atlantic, similarly, on our website, under the special assistance section, we've got some of this guidance that I've talked through that you can read and you're more than welcome to go on and have a little read yourselves about the different things to bear in mind and the sensory parts as well that may kind of twig in your brain when you're traveling next and through our website under our web forms you can contact us and that applies to if you've got a booking with us or if you don't have a booking with us and we can just help provide that reassurance and talk you through any concerns before you commit to purchasing a holiday because we like I said we want to make sure that you comfortable in doing so before you book something we're not going to force you into something unless you're really comfortable with it but of course we would love you to fly with us sophie i cannot thank you enough that was just absolutely fabulous loads of great advice and very very reassuring so i'm truly truly grateful and hopefully people who are listening in will get a sense of what is available to them so thanks again brilliant stuff no, thank you so much for having me. And honestly, it's an absolute pleasure. So no, any time, thank you.